0: The last talk of this session before uh, the panel is, is mine, so photonic integration from the data center. And I want to acknowledge a lot of collaborators uh, from a bunch of different companies that we work with, as well as a bunch of collaborators at UCSB, and of course, funding support from DARPA and RPE uh, in, in particular. So how do we reduce energy consumption, increase capacity in data centers? We've heard over and over again about co-packaging, and that's certainly key, right? You have to eliminate the 50-ohm terminations and drive the modulators directly, uh, capacitively, not with the 50-ohm load. That's essential to, to get the power consumption down. Second thing is increased integration. So uh, obviously, higher data rates, baud rates as, as uh, Robert showed, more complex modulation as Dan showed, and more wavelengths and ports in parallel and that starts to take one to, to large numbers of devices integrated together. And particularly, DWDM is key, I think, to getting to these rates. And, and as you've seen in, in, in the previous talks, so, you know, 100 devices today and, and more in the future. Um, so, here's one effort we did at, at higher levels of integration. So, this was a, a network on chip, it was two and a half terabits. We had eight banks of um uh, you know total 64 lasers and modulators and detectors and uh integrated together and again just like Robert's talk did shows the value of integrating lasers on chip because otherwise it becomes painful of all these different wavelengths uh presenting uh, you know integrated or not integrated but connected by fiber and we have AWGs and, and so forth and and uh so that's that was an early effort but as one gets more and more wavelengths, uh, it, it becomes necessary to, to look at other sources. And so we have a program that Gordon Keeler is funding called Quill, it's a DARPA pipes project, and uh, with, with a bunch of other partners, in particular Analog and, and SUNY and, and uh, Sienna, uh, Intel, uh, HPE. But now we're looking at you know 40 wavelengths and uh, uh, lots of integration on chip. In this case, the wavelength source doesn't come from multiple separate lasers, but rather from one mode lock laser generating the 40 wavelengths. And that's a that's a good way to go. We'll talk about different ways to, to get there. Um, but we can hit the half the control per bit with this with this architecture. And that's what we're aggressively working on now. The laser source, as I mentioned, is mode lock. And this is some earlier results. This is not the right spacing for, for pipes, but this is a 20 gigahertz spacing and uh, we're able to get you know, 64 wavelengths across here and enough power in each line that we could transmit data, uh, you know, 32 gigabaud PAM 4, and get up to four terabytes. So that's, I think, a really nice way to go to get these high levels that, that we're talking about you know, in, in the not so distant future. Um, a second way is to do uh, comb generation. And we've been looking a lot at, at optimal injection locking, and again, when you take a, a CW laser pumping one of these high key resonators and you injection lock, then you get this comb that, that is very quiet. A single soliton comb is quiet. And the optical injection lock means you get this turnkey operation. That you get solitons every time you do it. And, uh, and they're very stable. You don't need to adjust the power. And that's shown here. And what we've seen is that, uh, particularly in, in most recent archive paper, the, each of those lines can be very quiet. We've seen down to three Hertz, uh, Lorentzian line width on each of those lines. And in this case, we don't need PDH, or anything else to lock. It's the optical injection locking that of this laser to the high Q resonator that, that matters. And we're at the 60 dB noise reduction. The slide here doesn't show up, but the archive paper does. And so I think this is a really good way to go to get uh, lots of wavelengths integrated together. That still takes quite a bit of power. You know, it's uh, typically you know 100 milliwatts sorts of numbers, or at least tens of milliwatts. And one way to get beyond that is to use a different material than silica or silicon nitride. In particular, we're looking at using aluminum gallium arsenide, because it's you know a thousand times more nonlinear than silica, and hundred times more nonlinear than, than silicon nitride. In cosmic light, you can you can live with a lot lower power. And so this shows here, you can generate combs, these nonlinear combs with just you know 36 microwatts of power. And so that starts to become something you could integrate onto a chip and uh, not require a lot of power. And again, when you lock these to high key resonators also on the same chip, then you get this large reduction uh, of blindness down to just a few Hertz. And then you don't need DSPs in the uh coherent system so as to lock it. And that, that stands in the point in particular. So the next step beyond increased integration is obviously coherent. And again, Raj talked about that being more power efficient uh, at 1.6 terabits per second. And again, we need you know a higher spectral efficiency eliminate the DSP. And uh, so we've been working on using the fact that silicon and silicon nitride waveguides have very low losses. And consequently, the line which you can get are very small. So today we're about 120 hertz, a little better than this. We have the next generation we think is 40 hertz to in line width. And the, we lock that to a to resonator, the integrated line width that NIST shows is about 30 hertz today. So this slide shows the progression we've gone through over the last seven years uh, down these line widths. But again, what we're utilizing is the fact that silicon, silicon oxide, silicon nitride, are very low losses. And that keeps you very, narrow line with lasers. And so this is all the work in the world and, you know, lots of these other points here are from other groups around the world, but many groups around the world are seeing these line widths down to just, you know, below a kilohertz. And I think we'll soon see uh, numbers uh, dramatically better than that. So that's what's really exciting. Thing we're working on is shown here, where you integrate the laser with the silicon nitride waveguide. And in this case, there's a gradient in the waveguide. and This is a collaboration with Morton Photonics. And the nice thing is that the thermal coefficient, thermo-optic coefficient, you know, is seven times smaller than silicon. So consequently, as you can see here, as you change temperature, the laser doesn't change wavelength very much. And I think we can do even better than this, but this kind of eliminates the need for CWDM because if you make the AWG and the laser out of silicon nitride, then, there really isn't much wavelength change with temperature. So I think this sort of structure will become uh, ubiquitous. And uh, Gordon Keeler is funding a Lumos program. And a key part of that is having silicon nitride waveguides integrated with lasers on chip. And I think technologies like this then become widely available. So to summarize, um, I think significant reductions in energy consumption are possible. We can certainly, I think, hit 10th picajoule per bit the key things are integration with CMOS. You have to flip chip the electronics onto the optics. That's where eliminate all 50 ohm lines, eliminate equalization, eliminate uh, clock recovery. Laser integration is key, as Robert said, reduce losses from coupling the laser onto the waveguides and the ability to have more robust, more complex schemes, you know, lots of different wavelengths available. DWDM, I think, is key. Probably not. Probably by either Molok lasers or turnkey soliton combs. And that partly depends on what the spacing is. If it's 100 gigahertz or less, I think Molok lasers are probably by far the best way. 100 gigahertz or more, it's then sort of the, the nonlinear combs. And I think Gallium Mars works well. And then moving to coherent. So I want to thank my students, particularly for doing all the work that goes on at UCSB.